It's early in the afternoon, 66 million years ago. We're sitting in the shade of some trees near the bank of a river in what will one day become Wyoming in the United States. Crouched next to us is one of the largest, deadliest creatures ever to walk the earth. Tyrannosaurus rex. It's an adult male, over 10 metres long, weighing more than 7 tonnes. We're sitting very still, but not as still as this dinosaur. The only sign it's even alive is the slight rise and fall of its flanks as it breathes. Maybe the occasional flare of a nostril or anticipatory twitch of its tail. It's staring towards the river. A herd of Edmontosaurus are clustered around the water, maybe a hundred metres away. These duck-billed dinosaurs are enormous animals in their own right. The largest is more than 13 metres long, weighing about seven and a half tonnes. It's bigger and heavier than the largest African elephant. But they're no match for our T-Rex. And if they get just a little bit closer, you'll have them. Over a short distance, tyrannosaurs can move pretty quick. They're too big and heavy to run, but their legs are so long that even walking, they can reach 30 kilometres an hour. That's faster than most humans can sprint. And a single bite from those massive jaws is almost always going to be fatal, even for something as big as an Edmontosaurus. The Edmontosaurs suddenly look up, sniffing the air calling to each other. The Tyrannosaur freezes. Has he been spotted? The closest Edmontosaur is barely outside of strike range. Maybe he should push his luck and make the attempt anyway. Just to our left, there's a noise from the undergrowth. We turn our heads just in time to see a blur of something massive flashing past us. It slams into our T-Rex, sinking its teeth into his leg. Jaw muscles bulge, and there's a sickening crack. In a single bite, his leg has been shattered. He tries to turn, to fight back, but he can't stand. His attacker backs off a few steps, waiting for the end. It is, of course, another T-Rex, a female. Older, bigger, and heavier than the male. Within a few short minutes, our T-Rex is dead. The new T-Rex watches, but she doesn't take another bite. She didn't kill because she was hungry. Tyrannosaurs are intensely territorial, and this male had made the mistake of wandering into her hunting ground. After a few more minutes, she wanders off along the river. The shocked Edmontosaurs watch nervously as she vanishes around the bend. A few days, or maybe even a few weeks or months later, a storm hits. The river floods, and the body of our Tyrannosaur is buried in mud and sand. 66 million years pass. 
his flesh rots away, his bones turn to rock. In his case, due to some slightly unusual processes in fossilisation, they turn a dark black colour. Then, one day, he's dug up, sold and shipped halfway around the world from the United States to Auckland Museum. And somewhere along the line, someone gave him a name. Peter. for the dinosaurs. Indeed. <laughs> One each. <laughs> Looking at these two giant dinosaurs side by side, it's just an awesome experience. And I'm lucky enough to get a special tour from Auckland Museum's Nick Yates. Standing in front of us, what are we looking at? Uh, we're looking at Peter the T-Rex and Barbara the T-Rex, two very rare T-Rex specimens that we have the pleasure to host here at uh, Tamaki Paingahira in Auckland Museum until late 2023. I was going to say, it seems very unfair that Auckland gets two T-Rexes and Wellington and the rest of New Zealand get none. I know, we're very, very lucky. We've got a great relationship with an anonymous um, benefactor who has um, lent these two T-Rex specimens for quite a while for our visitors, yeah. which is very exciting for for us, but also for the region, but also for New Zealand as well, um, and that I hope people over the summer holidays come up from around the country to see yeah, what is a very rare event having two T-Rexes, a male and female, uh, supposedly for the first time in the whole world together on display, which is quite cool. And I, what I think is really cool about these T-Rexes is that they demonstrate the kind of like yin and yang, I guess, of like T-Rex life. On Peter's side, I mean, he seems to have met a particularly grim end. Absolutely, yeah. So as you can see in front of us, um, William, on that right femur there, Peter was uh, crushed with the bite force of another T-Rex. And the reason scientists know that is there wouldn't have been anything else during the late Cretaceous with that kind of bite force to get through that massive chunky femur other than another T-Rex. I should say we don't know for sure that the story I told earlier is definitely how and why Peter died. But at least one paleontologist thinks Peter's most likely cause of death was an attack from another T-Rex in a fight over territory. You can look at the modus operandi, you know, you can look at it and say how it was killed. And, and then you see that there was no scavenging after that fact. That leads me to believe that it was just killed ruthlessly, unnecessarily, not for food. This is Dr. David Burnham, a paleontologist at Kansas University and a T-Rex specialist. He studied both Peter and Barbara. You can find his papers on both at the Auckland Museum website. We'll include a link in our show notes. T-Rex obviously holds a special place in our imagination. For about 90 years, it was the largest predator known to have existed on land. So it featured in all kinds of books and movies. You said you've got a T-Rex. Uh-huh. Say again. <laughs> we have a T-Rex. More recently, some other big predatory dinosaurs like Giganotosaurus and Spinosaurus have knocked T-Rex off the perch as the undisputed king in terms of size. But Dr Burnham says even if they weren't the biggest, Tyrannosaurs were still something special. Imagine the worst monster in your dreams and giving it superpowers. T-Rex had the, the largest uh, eyeballs of any furbit, so they could see thousands of yards of distance. Uh, they had uh, the largest hip muscles of any known animal. So you've seen the legs on, on a T-Rex. They're just huge and powerful. The brain is, is larger than any other dinosaurs. The sense of smell is 
fantastic. The bite force is the strongest known of any animal. I mean, I, I mean, the more I think about it, the it's just bone chilling what these animals could do. And if it weren't for that uh, a little space rock that fell out of the sky, we might have to deal with those animals today. That said, not everyone agrees with Dr. Burnham's take on T-Rex as a super-powered apex predator. Over the last few decades, there's been a furious debate among some paleontologists over whether T-Rex could actively chase and kill other dinosaurs, or if it was mostly a scavenger. The biggest proponent of the second idea is Dr. Jack Horner, who acted as a consultant for the Jurassic Park films. Here's Dr. Horner explaining his view of T-Rex at a museum in Singapore about nine years ago. Uh, We know that T-Rex couldn't run fast. We know that T-Rex had bone-crushing teeth. We know that there were lots of them, and there's always lots of scavengers. We know that they had a very good sense of smell over long distance. Dr. Horner's theory was that smaller, faster dinosaurs like Dakotaraptor, which has been found alongside T-Rex, would hunt down and kill bigger herbivorous dinosaurs. They would then eat up most of the soft bits of their prey, but they didn't have the sheer strength needed to break up the bones and get to the last little morsels of meat and bone marrow. That's where he reckoned T-Rex would come in. It would lumber up and use its massive jaws to crunch up the bones. Now, Dr David Burnham thinks it's probably true that T-Rex scavenged from time to time, but he doesn't agree with Dr Horner that Tyrannosaurus was too slow to catch its own prey. So Hell Creek, which is the name of the formation that describes the rocks where these fossils are found, is an area that we can interpret as having lots of rivers and streams. And so if you look along rivers and streams today, there's trees. So these things could have hid and waited for animals to come up in water, and they could just launch. And you don't have to be fast to catch something. You think about the the stride. T-Rex can take one really quick step and even though you're a faster runner, you know, you know, you're, you're dinner. And Dr. Burnham says Peter's crushed femur looks like a classic example of how a T-Rex could kill even very large prey with a single bite. I mean, a T-Rex can take a big bone like that and snap it in his jaws, and we see that bone just explodes. Pow! Plus, Dr. Burnham says we now have smoking gun evidence that T-Rex was an active hunter. And that's thanks to some work he and his colleagues and students did on the tailbone of a hadrosaur, which is a kind of duck-billed dinosaur similar to those at Montosaurus we mentioned earlier. They noticed that this particular tailbone looked a little bit unusual. Once we noticed that it was an abnormal tailbone, we x-rayed it and we could see a a T-Rex-shaped tooth on the inside. We do find bite marks on dinosaurs all the time that are attributable to T-Rex. But this one was really interesting because the bone had grown around the tooth and sealed it in. The fact this bone had healed around the tooth means this hadrosaur was definitely bitten by a T-Rex while it was still alive. If it had been dead, the bone couldn't have kept growing and healing. And that, says Dr. Burnham, is the closest we're ever going to get to proof that T-Rex was an active hunter. 
Special thanks to Nick Yates and Tamaki Paingahira Auckland War Memorial Museum, as well as to Dr David Burnham. This episode of Our Changing World was written and presented by me, William Ray. The executive producer is Tim Watkin, and our sound engineer is William Saunders. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow or subscribe using your favourite podcasting app. Matewa.